a grandpa was walking by his young granddaughter's room one night. And he saw her kneeling and folding her hands. Then he noticed something very peculiar. She kept repeating the alphabet. So he walked in her room and he said, what are you doing? Why are you repeating the alphabet? And she explained, I'm doing my prayers. But I couldn't think of what to say. So I'm just saying all the letters of the alphabet. God will put it together. He has heard them all. Good morning. Welcome to Blue Lake on this great Sunday morning in this full house standing room only. This is great. Well, last time we were here was just two weeks ago. And after the service, some of the church elders came to me and they urged me to come back again today. My first inclination was, no way. <laughs> Sorry, but no. Running a business with uh, more than 500 team members uh, keeps me plenty busy. And sermon preparation takes a, a decent amount of time, at least for me. And two weeks apart for sermons is just a little close. But they persisted. And at the end, I promised to at least think about it. Well, that night, I went home, and I received an email from a listener in Jacksonville, Florida. And she proceeded to share her testimony, which was absolutely amazing. And heartwarming. A witness to the faith in God. A story that I will share in a little bit. It moved me to accept and be here this morning. The message this morning is strength in faith. Well, the turmoil of today with police killings and terror attacks violent demonstrations, and a society filled with hatred. We repeatedly hear calls for prayer. Prayer for the police, the slain police officers. For the victims in Nice, San Bernardino, Munich, Istanbul. And with the Republican Convention last week, and the Democrats next week, we badly need prayers for our next president, whoever it may be. Now, when do we pray? Do we pray just before a meal? Do we only pray in church? Do we pray at a set time each day? Or do we pray when things are bad, very bad around us, and we cry out for help to our Lord? Then the question is, how do we pray? What should we say or ask? Like that granddaughter who didn't know what to say. What should we do or not do? Well, this is essentially what the disciples asked Jesus. And it brings us to today's scripture reading, which can be found on page 72 in your pew Bibles. Amen. 
You know, read along if you would like to. Of the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's the New Testament. It is Luke 11, 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me, the door already has been locked, and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And for everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will you give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Well, Jesus was asked how to pray. And after He recites what we today call our Lord's Prayer, He underscores it with a parable. Suppose you have a friend... And you go to him at the most unlikely hour of the day, at midnight, looking for some bread. And the man says, are you nuts? It's midnight. The house is locked. My kids are in bed. Go away. But then the next sentence is the essence of this parable. Because of his persistence, the man gets up. And will give him whatever he needs. In other words, persistence breaks resistance. The Lord will listen when we persist in asking. Earlier, we listened to some very moving testimonies from some of the Teen Challenge students. What a blessing! To see these men and women who went through many difficulties witness the pits of the darkness of the world 
and persisted in their journeys and prayers and have turned their lives to Christ and now walk in the shining light of Jesus. What a blessing. Well, years ago, I listened to an audiobook of Napoleon Hill called The Keys to Success, 17 Principles of Personal Achievement. And in one chapter, Hill tells the story of his son Blair being born without ears, a condition called bilateral microtia. Oh, he describes that the doctors diagnosed that his son would be deaf for the rest of his life and not be able to hear. Well, through prayer and sheer determination and desire and the power of faith, his son ultimately was able to hear and function as any other member of society. His son, in turn, was determined that his lifelong mission would be to serve others and to bring hope and practical relief to thousands of deaf people who without his help would have been doomed forever to deafness. Now when we pray, do we just follow a routine? Do we pray and the father, the man in the house, just ignores us? Or at least, that's what it feels like. How strong is our faith when we pray? Do we pray a half-hearted prayer? Or do we cry out to our Heavenly Father in desperation over and over and over again? Scripture says, Then the Lord promises, I will listen. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, will find. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now here is a story about the hand of God. In the life of that listener in Jacksonville, Florida. She had been a singer all her life. But over the last 10 years, she had three throat surgeries. And before each surgery, the doctors told her she would likely regain speaking again, a speaking voice, but quite possibly would never be able to sing again. Focal cords are like rubber bands, and during the surgery, they need to be separated with forceps, and they likely will never regain the elasticity required to sing after a surgery. Now, although never part of a formal singing group, she just loved to sing around the house, and she prayed to God that her singing voice would be protected and sing his praises for many years to come. Now after that first surgery, she was asked to audition for the lead singer in a contemporary Christian group in Jacksonville, Florida. 
She was shocked and afraid to, to do the audition. At first, not trusting God, that God would indeed have preserved her singing voice. Well, she found out the next day, after the audition, that she was in. Then after the second surgery, she was asked to audition for the Don Thompson Chorale among highly trained musicians. Again, fearful, but God was asking her to go. She made the group's first cut. Then, after the third surgery, the symphony vocal conductor of the River City Chorus called and asked her to audition for the most premier chorus in Northern Florida. And even though God had blessed her twice, the bar was raised again. Would she be good enough? Then she wrote, On the morning of the audition, I became doubtful, and I had decided not to go, when a voice came to me and told me to read John 18, which was Peter's three-time denial of Christ. It was clear that these three events were orchestrated by God, not only as a gift, but as a test, test of faith. I saw clearly that God gives me more than we can explain in human terms. But the blessings we receive help us grow in faith and provide a path towards a closer relationship with Him. After reading John 18, I quickly jumped in my car and drove to the audition among hundreds of other talented hopefuls. My voice wasn't damaged. It was restored even greater and stronger than before. I hit notes that I had never reached, even before the surgery. My voice flowed with musical clarity that didn't even feel like it was coming from my own body. A voice flowed from my vocal cords that can only be explained as a miracle from God. Well, faith is where it all starts. The writer in Hebrews 11 lists 20 specific examples of acts of faith, going all the way back to the first days. Hebrews 11 is sometimes referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. Now, prayer without faith is meaningless babble. It is like standing at the door in front of that house at midnight, looking for bread, and not really believing that the man will get out of bed anyhow. It all starts with faith. And the deeper the faith, the more powerful the prayers. Well, speaking of faith and prayer, last Sunday, driving to church, New Heart in McKinleyville, in the, on the radio, I heard a story about George Muir, who lived in England during the 1800s and is widely considered a man of prayer and great faith. And according to the georgemuller.org website, Mueller took in orphans, fed them, closed them, and educated them. 
And through his orphanage in Bristol, Mueller cared for as many as 2,000 orphans at a time. More than 10,000 in his lifetime. Yet, he never made the needs of his ministries known to anyone except to God in prayer. And only through his annual reports did the people learn, after the fact, what the needs had been during that previous year and how God had provided. And in his journals, Mueller recorded over 50,000 specific answers to prayers. The majority were answered that same day or the same hour that he prayed them. And during a span of 60 years, God provided over a half a billion in today's dollars through his hands in answer to prayer. Well, Alan Bram of the Presbyterian Church in Dickinson, Texas, wrote that, that the prayer Jesus taught us suggests that the desires of our heart are to be shaped not by the values of our culture or of our own selfish interests, but by the principles of the kingdom. Compassion, peace, justice, freedom, and new life. As we pray in that way, we can pray with confidence that everyone who asks, receives. As this was certainly the case for George Mueller. Last week, my wife and I watched the movie Unbroken. The amazing life story of Luis Samperini. As a runner in 1936, in the Olympics in Berlin, he ran that final lap in 56 seconds, beating the previous Olympic record of 69.2 seconds, a monumental achievement. And he couldn't go to the 1940 Olympics because they weren't helped because of World War II. But Samperini enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Force in 1941. And in May of 1943, his plane went down into the Pacific, several hundred miles from Oahu, Hawaii. Semperini and two others survived and managed to take refuge in two inflatable life rafts. Well, Semperini once said, they say there is no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. Well, you can multiply that a few times on a life raft in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. After about two weeks, Samperini began praying aloud. He had no idea how to speak to God. So he recited some snippets of some prayers he had heard in, in movies. Samperini prayed, promising that if God would save them, he would serve heaven forever. They would go for days without food until they could kill a bird that landed on their raft and they would use the bird as fish bait. They survived 
despite being shot at by a Japanese warplane sending thousands of bullets directed at them, while sharks were circling the rafts for weeks. They also survived a monster typhoon. And then, on the 47th day, they were captured by a Japanese boat. Then they were taken to a series of POW camps and were subjected to cruel, vicious, and sadistic treatment by their captors. Well, the movie concludes with Semperini returning home late in 1945. But his face journey continues in the book written by Laura Hildebrandt. He marries and starts a family. But the atrocities of the war are haunting Semperini every single night. He turns to alcohol and develops a severe drinking problem in an attempt to assuage the deep emotional wounds that the war had inflicted on him. Drinking heavily every night before going to bed in hopes of masking the pain of the PTSD. Every night his captors return in his nightmares. One night he is struggling in a fight with his captor and tries to strangle him. Then when he wakes up, it is his wife that he is strangling. She ultimately can't take it anymore and files for divorce. And then comes the remarkable turn of events. A young preacher called Billy Graham comes to LA in 1949. Using a rented circus tent, preaching 65 sermons over a period of eight weeks to 350,000 people. One night, on October 23, 1949, Semperini heard Graham say, if you suffer, I'll give you the grace to go forward. And Semperini tells how he recalled all the miraculous moments when his body might have broken and yet, it did not. But on that night, Semperini's broken soul was touched. And he walked down that sawdust aisle towards Graham. Luis Semperini gave his life to Christ that night and put away the bottle forever. And in an interview for CBN, he said that from that moment forward, he did not have an utter nightmare ever again. The divorce never materialized. They were married for 55 years. And Louis Semperini devoted the rest of his life to Christian testimony and good works. Jesus saves. So the Teen Challenge students... Napoleon Hill, the listener in Jacksonville, George Mueller, Luis Semperini, they all found strength in faith. 
Bobby Schuller of the Hour of Power describes faith as equaling trust and being synonymous with clinging on to God instead of clinging to clarity. Ladies and gentlemen, our closing hymn today will be Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. George Mueller said, Expect great things from God, and great things you will have. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33.3, Call to me, and I will answer, and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. The writer of the Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews 12.1, Let us run the race, mark out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Christ will lead us and guide us, and keep us, down, keep us from falling down in the abyss, from the dark deep ocean. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And He will nourish your soul and lead us on the path to eternal life. Amen. Amen.